नमस्ते ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Respect and gratitude go to the great Vedic sages for giving us the ultimate divine knowledge in the form of the Vedas and to every generation that came before us who faced it all stood tall guarding and passing down the supreme Vedic knowledge for the benefit of all humanity Om ब्रह्मानंदम परमसुखदम केवलम ज्ञानमूर्तिम द्वंद्वातीतम गगनसदृशम तत्वमस्यादि लक्ष्यम एकम नित्यम विमलमचलम सर्वधेसाक्षिभूतम भावातीतम त्रिगुणरहितम सद्गुरुम तम नमामि My obeisance to the Guru, the bliss of Brahman, the one who bestows supreme happiness and is knowledge personified, to the one who transcends the pairs of opposites, is vast as the sky and who is known as that you are, to the one who is eternal, pure, unchanging, and is the witness of the functions of the intellect to the one who is above all mental states and the three gunas my salutations to that divine guru om namo bhagavate vasudevaya the term veda stems from the sanskrit root vid which means knowledge Through the Vedas one acquires the ultimate knowledge and wisdom or jnana and vijnana after which there would be nothing more left to learn The Vedas are ancient scriptures that show a seeker the path to attaining that ultimate knowledge and wisdom or the realization of the self which is the all-pervading Brahman The Vedas are also known as shruti meaning that which is heard and are termed apaurusheya which literally means that which is not been authored by humans Krishna Dvaipayana revered as sage Vedavyasa is the one believed to have arranged the single veda into four parts namely the rig yajur sama and the atharva vedas The Rig Yajur and the Samavedas are known as the Trividya or the threefold sources of principal knowledge. Sage Vyasa had a son named Shukadev and four disciples. He instructed his disciples Paila, Jaimini, Vaishampayana and Sumantu to spread the knowledge of the Vedas, Rig Yajur, Sama and Atharva respectively. 
Each of the four Vedas is made up of four parts. They are Samhitas, Brahmanas, Aranyakas and Upanishads. Upanishads are also called Vedanta or the end, peak or goal of all the Vedas. The Samhitas and Brahmanas come under the division called Karmakanda and the Aranyakas and Upanishads belong to the division known as Jnanakanda. It would be interesting to note that each of the four sections of the Vedas represents a stage in the progression of human knowledge. A. The Samhitas, which are the first part of each of the Vedas, consist of mantras and hymns that eulogize deities that represents the different elements of nature on which humans have always so greatly depended. This part includes sacrificial ceremonies in which mantras are chanted with the aim of pleasing the deity or deities for whom a particular ceremony is conducted. B. The Brahmanas form the second part of each of the Vedas. They describe karma or action and the how in the chanting of mantras and the performance of yajnas or ritual sacrificial ceremonies done as offerings to the deities. This part consists of detailed procedures for various rituals. C. The Aranyakas, which constitute the third part, look into the why of the karma or action performed. This is a stage of inquiry and analysis in order to gain a deeper understanding of all that is done. The term Aranya means forest. It is said that sages of those times would go to the forest to meditate. That was a stage when the practical conducting of rituals started to come down while the sages went into spiritual contemplation. They interpreted the various rites and rituals and derived deeper meanings out of them. D. The Upanishads appear after the Aranyakas and at the end of the Vedas. That is why they are called Vedanta, which means the end, summit, or goal of the Vedas. This is the part in which a seeker finds the ultimate knowledge of the all-pervading self. To sum up what I said so far, the Samhitas and the Brahmanas belong to the first division known as the Karmakanda or section of action and the Aranyakas and the Upanishads to the Jnanakanda or section of knowledge. The term Mimamsa means reflection, investigation or critical inquiry. Jaimini, who praised the Karmakanda, wrote a treatise on it. It is called Purva Mimamsa, meaning the earlier or prior inquiry. The treatise he wrote on the Brahmanas is called the Karma Mimamsa. Sage Vedavyasa, who analyzed the Jnanakanda, called his work Uttramimamsa, which means the later investigation or inquiry. The Upanishads, the Srimad Bhagavad Gita and the Brahma Sutras are grouped under Uttramimamsa. The Brahma Sutras consist of 555 sutras, 
which are aphorisms that summarize and also systematize all the knowledge of the Upanishads. It is believed that in order for a seeker to purify their body and mind, they begin by going through the Karmakanda for a certain period. This prepares them to receive higher knowledge of the Jnanakanda, after which the seeker attains self-realization or the realization of the truth of Advaita or non-duality. Let us take a quick look at Shloka 246 of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. Yavanartha Udapane Sarvataha Samplutodake Tavan Sarveshu Vedeshu Brahmanasya Vijanataha What purposes are served by one small reservoir can be served by one large lake entirely filled with water. Similarly, a man of realization attains the purpose that all the Vedas serve. In Shloka 2.46 of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, Krishna declares to Arjuna that a person who has attained self-realization or the realization of Brahman has attained the purpose that all the Vedas serve. The ultimate goal of the Vedas is attaining the state of self-realization after which the cycle of births and deaths ends. The Four Vedas Rigveda. The term Rig or Rik means hymns of praise. This Veda has ten books or mandalas containing 1,028 hymns known as suktas with 10,580 verses. The Rigveda teaches how to live life, discusses primarily rites and rituals, praises deities that represent natural elements, teaches spiritual wholeness, and analyzes in a philosophical, speculative, and skeptical manner the start of existence and the origin of the universe. The verses of the Rig Veda are especially popular for recitation. A lot of mantras chanted in pujas are from the Rig Veda. The well-known Nasadiya Sukta comes from the Rig Veda. It is hymn 129 of the 10th mandala. I have presented the Nasadiya Sukta in an exclusive video which is available on the Tavamitram YouTube channel. The Nasadiya Sukta is a perfect example to show the analytical, skeptical and non-dogmatic approach towards spiritual seeking and acquiring knowledge for which Vedic studies are light years ahead of other later philosophies. One who has mastered the Rig Veda is known as Ritvik. Yajur Veda The name Yajur stems from the root Yajus which means worship or veneration. While the Rig Veda concentrates on stotras or hymns and mantras, the Yajurveda teaches and focuses more on how to use the mantras and hymns for yajnas or sacrificial rituals. The Yajurveda has two branches, which are the Shukla Yajurveda and the Krishna Yajurveda. Important yajnas such as the Ashvamedha Yajna and others are taught in detail in the Taitriya Samhita of the Yajurveda. 
The Vedic mantra, Sri Rudram, consisting of two parts, namely Namakam and Chamakam, is from the Taitriya Samhita of the Krishna Yajurveda. A seeker who has mastered the Yajurveda is called Advaryu. The Samaveda. The name of the third Veda means the Veda of songs or the Veda of chants. Almost all of its 1,900 shlokas are from the Rig Veda. One could say that the Samaveda is the song version of the Rig Veda. The Samaveda is always sung and hardly ever read or recited. The term Samaveda in Sanskrit originates from two parts which are Saman or song and Veda or knowledge. The Samaveda calms and comforts the mind. The hymns of praise known as Rig or Rig of the Rig Veda are set to music in the Samaveda. The Rig Veda is chanted in a manner employing the three main types of accents known as Udatta, Anudatta and Svarita. Whereas the Samaveda is sung using Dirgaswara or prolongated vowels. In Shloka 1022 of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that among the Vedas he is the Samaveda. In the Lalita Sahasranamam, the Divine Mother is praised as Samaganapriya, which means the one who loves the Samaveda. One who has mastered the Samaveda is known as Udgata. Atharvaveda. This Veda is a later addition to the highest scriptures of the Vedic Dharma. Atharvana was the name of one of the sons of sage Vasishta. The term also means a priest or teacher. It contains rituals and mantras that help people in their contemporary worldly life in handling challenges and finding answers to questions regarding creation, ceremonies such as the sacred thread ceremony, marriage as well as funeral ceremonies and other similar topics. Upanishads such as the Prashna, Mundaka and Mandukya Upanishads are from the Atharva Veda. After the brief introduction to the four Vedas, we shall now take a look at the ten main Upanishads among the 108 known Upanishads. The ten main Upanishads for which Sri Adi Shankara wrote commentaries known as Bhashyams are called the Dashopanishad. The Dashopanishad along with four other important Upanishads are Isha, Kena, Katha, Prashna, Mundaka, Mandukya, Aitreya, Taitreya, Chandogya, Brahadaranyaka, Kaushitaki, Shvetashvatara, Mahanarayana, Maitrayaniya. The Upanishads are the final stage of Vedic studies and likewise in the process of one's spiritual evolution. They lead a seeker to the ultimate knowledge of Brahmajnana or the realization of the all-pervading Brahman. 
The Upanishads have nothing to do with deities, religion, religious rites and rituals, or religious sacrifices. A seeker learns from the Upanishads that Brahman, which is beyond all definitions, comprehension, or description, is the underlying substrate of the whole of existence. The term Upanishad has different meanings, and one of them stems from Upa, Ni, and Shad, which together means sitting near or at the feet of someone, usually a learned and self-realized teacher. The authorship of the Upanishads is either not known or uncertain. However, they are attributed to various sages who lived during ancient times. The contents of the Upanishads are insights based on the deep understandings of learned people. They do not teach any ism or religion, but they contain ways to question, analyze, reflect and gain an inner comprehension of the truth. A person attaining liberation known as moksha is likened to water returning to the ocean. The highly revered sage of Kanchi, Sri Chandrasekharendra Saraswati, gave a simple analogy to understand what the four parts of the Vedas are. He said that the Samhitas are like the tree, the Brahmanas its flowers, the Aranyakas its unripe fruits, and the Upanishads are its fully ripened fruits. The Dasha Upanishad, or the ten main canonical Upanishads. The first Upanishad, Ishavasya Upanishad. This Upanishad, which is one of the shortest Upanishads, appears in the Shukla Yajurveda. It is about the wholeness of existence. Ishavasya means covered, enveloped, or filled with the Supreme Divine. The Upanishad begins with a Shanti Mantra, or Peace Mantra. Om Purnamadaha Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 It means the invisible Absolute Brahman is complete and this universe is complete. The visible, complete whole comes from the invisible, perfect and complete whole. Even when the complete visible whole is removed from the invisible, complete whole, the absolute Brahman or the complete whole remains unchanged. Om peace, peace, peace. The Upanishad gets its name from the first word of its mantra. Ishavasimidam sarvam yatkincha jagatyam jagat. It means all that exists in the universe is encompassed and owned by the omnipresent Supreme Being. You own nothing, but you are provided with whatever is necessary for existence. Enjoy the real by renouncing the unreal and freeing yourself from the never-ending bond of karma. Never seek unreality, nor covet the wealth of another. The second Upanishad, Kena Upanishad, 
This Upanishad is found in the Talavakara Brahmana of the Samaveda. The Kena Upanishad too gets its name from the first word that appears in it, which is Kena, meaning whence, by whom, from whom, or by what. The first mantra of the Upanishad is Om Keneshitam Patati Preshitam Manaha Kena Pranaha Prathamaha Praiti Yuktaha Keneshitam Vachamimam Vadanti Chakshu Krotram Ka Udevo Yunakti It means desired and put forth by whom does the mind shoot to its object? Ordained by whom does prana or the life force move forward in its functions? Impelled by whom do men speak? What brilliant being causes the eyes and the ears to work? The Kena Upanishad has four parts with 34 shlokas in all. After questions and answers from the seeker and the teacher in the first and second parts of the Upanishad, the third part begins with a situation in which Brahman gains victory for the Devas over the Asuras. Note that Devas and Asuras represent the good and bad thoughts respectively that come from the mind. The Devas claimed that the victory was purely theirs. Brahman noticed the false pride in them and appeared before them. The egotistical devas consisting of Indra who indicates the Jivatma, which is nothing but the Atman identified with the ego of a person, Agni who represents speech and Vayu who represents the mind, attempted to find out who the resplendent being was, but they failed, although Indra or the Jivatma was the closest one to find out who that divine being was. Indra saw a beautiful woman, Uma or Durga, who represents the intellect or Buddhi, who was present in the same quarter of the sky and asked her who the adorable and resplendent being was. She said it was Brahman, and that it was through the victory of Brahman that they had attained glory. This illustrates the truth that Brahman cannot be realized through the senses, but only through the intellect and beyond. The Kena Upanishad says that the one who knows that Brahman is incomprehensible knows and the one who thinks he has comprehended Brahman knows not. The third Upanishad, Katha Upanishad or Katopanishad. This Upanishad, which has been dated to a period around the 5th or 6th century BCE, is known as one of the Mukya or primary Upanishads. Among the 108 Muktika Upanishads, which are considered to be canonical scriptures, the Katopanishad is the third one on the list. The Upanishad has two parts with three sections, each known as Vallis, just as the sections in the Taittiriya Upanishad are called. The Katopanishad is found in the section of the Katha school of the Krishna Yajurveda. It contains some of the fundamental ideas of the practice of yoga.
The first valli contains the story of sage Vajashravas who organizes a Vedic ceremony to please the deities in order to receive divine favors from them. He invites poor priests and gives them a lot of gifts which include old and sick cows. Young Nachiketa or Nachiketas, the son of the sage, finds this deed to be dishonest and asks his father to whom he would be giving his son. The father is not pleased with such a question and yells angrily saying he would give his boy to Yama the god of death. Nachiketa, being a born seeker and learner, sets off to meet Yama. You might want to watch the video titled You and the Chariot Analogy, available on the Tavamitram YouTube channel. Nachiketa is granted three boons by Yama. His first wish is to be returned home to the earthly plane and his father to be calm and pleasant again. His second wish is to be taught the way to perform the secret fire yagna or the fire ritual after performing which a person attains moksha or salvation with the Supreme Brahman. The third wish that Nachiketa places before Yama is to know what happens to a person after death. Yama immediately grants his first wish. He then grants him the second one by teaching him the yajna or fire ritual which leads to salvation. Yama is pleased with the learning abilities of young Nachiketa and renames the yajna as Nachiketa Yajna. However, Yama, who is known as Dharmaraja or the King of Justice, is reluctant to give the answer to the third question, saying that even the deities are longing to know its answer. Nevertheless, the persistence showed by Nachiketa convinces Yama to impart to the boy Atmagnana or the great divine knowledge of the Self. Yama begins his discourse in the second valley, saying that there are two main paths that interest people. The first one leads to the pleasure of the senses, while the other leads to spiritual satisfaction. He confirms that the former path leads to death, whereas the second one leads to immortality. Stating that the Atman is never born nor does it die at any time, Yama says that the Atman remains eternal even when the body is killed. You could compare this with Shloka 2.20 of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. In the third valley, Yama, using the analogy of a chariot, explains to Nachiketa that the body or Shariram is the chariot, the self is the master of the chariot, the intellect is the charioteer or Sarathi, the mind or Manas represents the reins. The horses are the different senses or Indriyas and the path or Gochar that the chariot drives on is the material world. The fourth valli is about the nature of the Atman, universal and spiritual oneness and how the Atman can be known. The fifth valli contains the answer to Nachiketa's third question. Yama analogizes the body with a city that has 11 gates 
symbolizing the nine bodily orifices, the navel and the head. Some interpret the eleven gates to the five senses of perception, five of action and the mind. Yama says that the Atman is eternal, is one with the Supreme Brahman and is all-pervading, either with or without a body. The one who realizes that the Atman is the all-pervading Brahman, existing both formlessly as well as in multiple forms, is ever peaceful and blissful. I suggest shlokas from the Srimad Bhagavad Gita 518, 629, 631, 1016, or 1317 in some editions, 1327 or 1328 in some editions. A person who realizes this supreme truth and lives in the now is perfect. Affirming the unity of the Atman and Brahman, the statement Etadvaitad, meaning this is that, is used multiple times in this Upanishad. It is similar to the Tattvamasi of the Chandogya Upanishad, meaning that you are. A popular peace mantra which is found in the Kathopanishad and also in the Taitriya as well as the Shvetashvatar Upanishad is as follows. Om Sahana Vavatu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvi Navadhi Tamastuma Vitvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Om May we all be protected May we all be nourished and energized May we all work together with energy. May we all be enlightened and rise to a higher degree of intellect. And may there be no hostility. Om. Peace. 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 The Fourth Upanishad Prashna Upanishad it is found in the Atharva Veda. The Prashna Upanishad has six parts, each with a question and an explanation. The six questions are posed to the sage Pippalada by six other sages. The names of the six sages who posed the questions are Sukheshan Bharadvaja, Ashvalayana Kausalya, Sauryayanin Gargya, Gavandin Katyayana, Bhargava Vaidarbhi, and Shaibya Satyakama. The peace mantra or Shanti mantra in this Upanishad is as follows Om Badram Karine Bishunu Yama Devaha, Badram Pashi Makshabhirya Jatraha, Sirai Rangai Stushtuvagum Tastanubihi. Yashema Deva Hitam Yadayuhu Svastina Indru Vrdhashravaha Svastina Pusha Vishvavedaha Svastina Starkshyo Varishta Nebihi 
स्वस्तिनो बृहस्पतिर्दधातु ओम शांति 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 May we live a satisfying life with steadiness in our body and mind. May we praise the gods for blessing us with a long lifespan. May the ancient Indra bless us with wisdom and glory. May Pushan, the omniscient sun god, bless us with knowledge and well-being. May Darkshya or Garuda, the protector, guard us against misfortunes and grant us well-being. May Brahaspati, the guru of the devas, protect us. Om peace, peace, peace. The six questions are Question 1. How did creation or the beginning of life happen? Question 2. What is a living being? Question 3. The third question has subdivisions. A. How and where is life or prana born? B. How does life or prana come into a body? C. How does it exist in it having divided itself into five parts? D. By what means does it go out? E. What is the relation between prana and the outside world or nature? F. How does prana interact with the self, body, senses and mind? Question 4. The fourth question consists of five sub-questions which are A. What is it that sleeps in a man? B. What is it that is awake when he sleeps? C. What is the organ or deity controlling the organ that dreams? D. What is it in a person that experiences happiness? E. On what are they all established? Question 5. What is meditation and what does a person obtain by meditating upon the sacred monosyllable Om? Question 6. What are the 16 parts of Purusha? The 16 parts are described as follows. 1. Prana. 2. Shraddha or faith. 3. Prithvi or the earth element. Four, Apaha or the water element. Five, Tej or the fire element. Six, Vayu or the air element. Seven, Akash or the ether element. Eight, Indriyas or the senses. Nine, Annam or food. Ten, Mana or mind. Eleven, Tapa. or penance 12 mantra meaning vedic mantras and hymns 13 karma or yagnas 14 loka the worlds 5 vidya or vigor and 16 the name the fifth upanishad Mundaka Upanishad 
This Upanishad also exists in the Atharvaveda. The term Mundaka, which means shaved head, indicates that this Upanishad is for true sannyasins who have crossed mundane life and have attained high levels in their spiritual pursuit on the path of the Jnana Marga, or the path of knowledge. At the very start of the Upanishad with three parts, a challenging statement is made against everything finite and therefore against imperfect sciences. It begins with Saunaka's question to sage Angilas, asking what it is through the knowledge of which everything becomes known. It is not the mastery of a mountain of mere words, but rather the direct knowledge of the self that is truly valuable. Furthermore, it would be pointless to seek any other knowledge without this self-knowledge. The teacher, sage Angiras, imparts knowledge to his pupil, Saunaka. He starts by stating that there are two kinds of knowledge, which are aparavidya and paravidya. Aparavidya denotes knowledge of lower or inferior status. This includes all the knowledge taught in the Vedas and other Vedic scriptures, rituals, language, grammar, etymology, prosody, and astrology. Paravidya is the one superior to Aparavidya. It is the highest knowledge of the immutable and imperishable self and the realization of the supreme truth which is the source of all. Seekers use Aparavidya to attain Paravidya. The sage teaches that the self is not really experienced by any individual as it really is, but it is only its effects that are experienced. Further, he instructs Saunaka to grasp the great weapon of the bow which constitutes the knowledge of the Upanishads, to fix the arrow which has been sharpened by constant worship, and finally to draw back the bowstring with the power of affirmations of the transcendent to hit that imperishable mark, Brahman. In the Mundaka Upanishad, another well-known analogy of two birds that represent the Jivatma and the Paramatma or Ishvara is given by the sage. The two birds living together are perched on a tree that represents the body. While one eats the sweet fruit of the tree, the other is simply watching it without touching or eating the fruits. This demonstrates that when the bird, Jivatma, due to its karma or lust, karma or action, and avidya or blindness to the ultimate truth, enjoys the fruits which are pleasure and pain, Paramatma, Ishvara or the Self remains an unattached witness and is not affected by the results of eating the fruit. Satyameva Jayati, meaning truth alone prevails, which is the national motto of the Republic of India, occurs in Shloka 3.1.6 of this Upanishad. Satyameva Jayati Nandritam Satyena Bantha Vitato Devayanaha Yena Akramanturshayo Hyaptakama Yetter Tat Satyasa Paramam Nidhanam. 
However, that which exists in all the three states is Turiya, which literally means the fourth. The Mandukya Upanishad with only 12 mantras is the shortest among the 10 canonical Upanishads known as the Dashopanishad. Among the Mahavakyas or great statements of the Upanishads, the one that says Ayamatma Brahma, which means the self or the Atman is Brahman comes from the second mantra of the Mandukya Upanishad. The seventh Upanishad, Aitareya Upanishad. This Upanishad can be found in the Aitareya Aranyaka of the Rig Veda. This Upanishad, which is attributed to sage Aitareya, contains three chapters with 33 mantras in all. What existed before creation and the different stages of creation have been discussed in this Upanishad. It was the Atman or Self that was before creation, after which space, the heavenly bodies and so on were created by the Supreme Self. Creation and procreation, through the various stages of conception, development, the entry of the Atman as Jiva into the body and the birth of a child have been explained. The Mahavakya, Prajnanam Brahma, which means Brahman is knowledge or insight, comes from this Upanishad. The eighth Upanishad, Taitri Upanishad. This Upanishad is from the Krishna Yajurveda. It contains three parts which are Shikshavalli, Anandavalli and Bhruguvalli. The section called Shikshavalli deals with the subject of the education of a pupil during the Gurukula period. The focus is more on the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. The knowledge imparted to the pupil includes that of rituals, meditation, chanting of the Vedas and moral values. The renowned philosophical tenets Satyamvada meaning speak the truth and Dharmamchara meaning follow the path of dharma or righteousness, are from this Upanishad. The four other prime philosophical tenets that teach mutual respect and cooperation in society, Matrudevopava, Pitrudevopava, Acharyadevopava and Atitidevopava are found in this Upanishad. The four tenets mean the mother, father, teacher and guest are to be revered as God. The second part, Anandavalli, is about Brahman or the Absolute Reality and Jnana or Knowledge. It deals with the Panchakosha or the five sheets that block one's conscious awareness of Brahman in their Jiva. 
The Panchakosha or the five sheets are 1. Annamaya Kosha This is the outermost and most vulnerable kosha referring to the body which depends on food for its survival. A balanced diet and sufficient rest are the ones that influence this kosha. 2. Pranamaya Kosha It is the layer of the life force and breath. This layer animates the body that survives on the first kosha. 3. Manomaya Kosha, which is the psychological or rather mental layer, influences the perception and thinking processes of a person. 4. Vijnanamaya Kosha is the one that governs the wisdom, intellect and intuition of a person. It is the one that is behind one's spiritual and intellectual growth. 5. Anandamaya Kosha is the happiness kosha. This kosha transcends the other koshas and is the one that is nearest to the Atman, Self or Brahman. It is the layer in which one feels one with Supreme Consciousness, Self-Realization or God. This is the kosha that can be comfortably attained by people who have learned the science of meditation. The third section is the Bhruguvalli, which contains the knowledge imparted by sage Varuni to his son Bhrugu after the latter requested his father for Brahmopadesha or knowledge of Brahman. Varuni explains to Bhrugu about Brahman and advises him to experience Brahman through meditation. He asks his son to first contemplate and learn about food, breath, eyes, ears, speech and the mind and then try to find out what is behind them. That, he said, is Brahman. Brugu, after the first stage of his meditation, arrives at a conclusion that Annamaya Kosha is the highest stage of understanding. However, as he continues to meditate, he passes the other koshas and takes to deeper meditation. After each stage of meditation, he moves on, believing that every kosha he crosses is the highest one. He finally arrives at the Anandamaya kosha and concludes that it is the joy within and the bliss of the soul that is the highest spiritual state. The Ninth Upanishad, Chandogya Upanishad This Upanishad can be found in the Chandogya Brahmana of the Samaveda and is one of the most prominent among the Prasthana three or the three main scriptures namely the Upanishad, the Brahma Sutras and the Bhagavad Gita that are revered as canonical texts of the Vedic Sanatana Dharma. Sage Uddalaka Aruni or Aruneya asks his son Shvetaketu, who returns after his education, if he has acquired from his teachers the knowledge of that with the help of which one can see that which cannot be seen, hear that which cannot be heard, and know that which cannot be known. The son replies in the negative, for which the father sage Uddalaka imparts the knowledge which forms the shlokas of the Chandogya Upanishad. Sage Uddalaka says that through the knowledge of clay, one learns about the pots that can be made from it. 
Through the knowledge of gold, one can know about the jewelry that can be made from it. The objects created out of the base material might have different forms, but the essence always stays the same. Similarly, knowing about Parabrahman, that which is behind truth, existence and everything, can help a seeker know all about the impermanent world. The Upanishad contains the Panchagnividya, or the doctrine of the five fires of life. Panchagni, or five fires, symbolize the various levels in the evolutionary processes and the transmigration of the soul into the body to which it is bound. The five fires are higher astral levels of the universe, the intermediate space that causes rains, the earth, man and woman. All events are connected. The birth of a child is not an isolated event, but it is a process that is a progression of a series of events that began at much higher levels. That being the case, every child and every manifestation is a child of the universe. It is like coming and going, rising and falling in samsara, with its never-ending cycle of attachments. The methods of liberating oneself from these natural principles that keep a Jivatma locked in cycles are important parts of this section. The Mahavakya, Tattvamasi, which means that you are, is from this Upanishad. The word in Sanskrit, Tat or that in English, refers to the Supreme Paramatma, Super Soul or Super Consciousness, which is what you are. The tenth Upanishad, Brahadaranya Upanishad. This Upanishad is found in the Shatapatha Brahmana of the Shukla Yajurveda. It is the largest among the Dasha Upanishad or the ten principal Upanishads. Brahad means large. The largest planet of the solar system is called Brahaspati in Sanskrit. The Brahadaranya Upanishad is believed to have been composed somewhere around the 6th century BCE. The name Brahadaranyaka can be literally interpreted as great or large forest. This Upanishad is credited to sage Yajnavalkya. It is an elaborate treatise on the subject of the Atman or the Self. There are six chapters in this Upanishad that are grouped into three Kandas. The first two chapters are called Madhukanda. The third and fourth chapters are called Munikanda or Yajnavalkya Kanda. And the fifth and sixth chapters are called Kilakanda. It is in the first chapter of this Upanishad that the Mahavakya Ahambrahmasmi is declared. The reasoning for this is that at the time when the entire universe came from nothingness, the only principle that existed was Ahamsa or I am He. And it is that all-pervading principle that exists in all existence including me. And therefore I am He or Aham Brahmasmi. The six chapters discuss various matters such as the Atman, dreams or perception in the dream state, moksha, salvation or self-realization, karma or cause and effect, ethics and values, 
human psychology, and metaphysics, which explains the non-duality of the whole of existence or the whole. The Shanti Mantra, Om Purnamada Purnamidam, that we saw in the Ishavasya Upanishad, is found as Mantra 511 in this Upanishad too. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishate Om Shanti 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 The invisible absolute Brahman is complete and this universe is complete. The visible complete whole comes from the invisible perfect and complete whole. Even when the complete visible whole is removed from the invisible complete whole, the absolute Brahman or the complete whole remains unchanged. Om peace, peace, peace. Energy cannot be created or destroyed, only converted from one form to another. This law of conservation is known as the law of conservation of energy. In other words, a system has the same amount of energy unless it receives energy from outside. And in the case of the whole, there is no outside. Krishna says in the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, in Shlokas 1304 or 1305 in some editions, Rishibhir Bahuda Gitam Chando Brahma Sutra Padaischaiva Hetumadbhir Vinishchitaihi Great sages have sung about the absolute truth in various hymns of the Brahma Sutra and have described it through reason and logic with unambiguous evidence. Conclusion The Vedic Sanatana Dharma is neither a religion nor as many people call it an ism. It is an intellectually enriching path rife with discussions, debates and analyses that can save a seeker tremendous amounts of time in their quest for truth and the ultimate experience of so am or that I am. Among the various schools of Vedic philosophy such as Sankhya, Yoga, Mimamsa, Dvaita, Vishishta Dvaita and others, it is the Advaita Vedanta that can be called the highest stage of self-realization. It is therefore being advised by great spiritual masters that a seeker ought to commence their spiritual journey from other schools and finally arrive at Advaita Vedanta. However, my personal suggestion to young seekers would be to commence by understanding the highest but fundamental principle of the non-dualistic Advaita Vedanta and then study the other schools of Vedanta to finally return to Advaita Vedanta. Doing so eliminates or at least greatly reduces the chances of feeling confounded by different philosophical terms and ideas simply because the seeker has already experienced the crowning glory of ultimate knowledge. As an avid learner and seeker and enthusiastic traveler through time and existence, I have to the best of my knowledge prepared this presentation with total sincerity. I have strived to interpret and present a little portion of the fundamental knowledge of the timeless and supreme Vedas and Upanishads in a manner as precise as possible. It is my fervent desire to enable more and more people, particularly children and young people, to take to studying Vedanta, which explains in a rational and unambiguous manner anything and everything that a person could possibly ask about creation, sustenance and 
annihilation which form the three prime features of the whole of existence. Some people ask where one could buy translations of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita or the Upanishads. A simple search on the internet should help in finding PDF versions of some principal Upanishads translated and interpreted by different Indian spiritual teachers. I suggest the following books which you could add to your list. Please punch into a search engine the name of the book and PDF and I am sure you will find some precious books available for free. The Upanishads Kaushitaki Shweta Ashvatara Mahanarayana Maitrayaniya The Gitas Ashtavakra Gita Avadhuta Gita Uddhava Gita to study the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, you could visit my Bhagavad Gita site for which the URL is bit.ly slash tvmgita. You could read the Srimad Bhagavad Gita and also find there other resources that I offer through my site. I hope you found this presentation useful and that you have gained some fundamental knowledge of the Vedic Sanatana Dharma that you could share with others or provide as answers when you are asked about the Vedic Dharma by people from other cultures. Thank you. May peace reign in your heart, mind and soul. Arihi Om. Jai Shri Krishna.